Authentic Life with Josiah Ball. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Your Authentic Life. Uh, we have one more week after this week of season two. Uh, next week is going to be awesome. I have a dear friend coming on. We're talking about uh, just people's voices next week, uh, speaking out on their stories. And uh, we get into a lot of detail about uh, movies and directing movies and uh, the, the how cinema is when it comes to uh, uh you know who is represented in movies mostly and how they're represented uh so i don't want to give too much away about that but just tune in next week for that for our last episode uh and like i said uh this summer we're gonna have a couple bonus episodes but we'll be kicking off season three end of august beginning of september and it's going to be a fun time i don't want you to miss it but today's episode, we have Martin Trench on, and I had to make a little disclaimer because uh, because of the time difference, I was working at my full-time job, and I had to take time away. Rather than using my fancy mic, I had to use my AirPods. So my voice is a little different than what you've heard in past episodes, but it's still quality. It's still what you are going to want. And, uh, it's very clear. So just wanted to make that disclaimer. If anybody says, Oh, that sounds a little bit off. Uh, it is not. It just used AirPods instead of my, um, mic. So, uh, but yeah, without further ado, here is that interview with Martin Trench. Welcome to today's episode of Your Authentic Life. I have um, a pastor, leader, teacher, author with us, and uh, I would consider a friend, Martin Trench, who has written uh, many books, including a co-author with Harold Everly, Victoria's Eschatology, Eyes Wide Open, and the most recent work, uh, Secrets of, to Spiritual Growth. Welcome to the podcast, Martin Trench. Well, thank you. It's good to be here, Josiah. It's been it's been a little while since I've seen you. Yeah, a couple uh, of years now. Yeah, and I've been in the UK for the last year, so I'm a little bit further away. But it's right. great to catch up again. Absolutely, absolutely. By the way, my dad told me he knew we were uh, doing this podcast, and he said to say hi to you. So uh, I'll say hi back. <laughs> I will. I will text him right after this. So. Uh, so how's it been? Yeah, you, you had a big move about a year ago now. And uh, how's, how's that been for you? Yeah, that's been good. So I was in I was in Canada, in Edmonton, Alberta, for yeah. th- just over 13 years. Wow. And I was leading a church there, Gateway, in uh, the city of Edmonton. And I... I came to a place where I felt that my time had come to an end there. And so uh, that, I, that everything that God had called me to do there, I felt like I had done it. And yeah. um, and it was time to hand over to a young leader that was kind of like my right-hand man, Darian Shafar, who is a fantastic leader, uh, just a young man. And uh, so we handed the church over. Um, I moved to, I'm in England, the north of England, and uh, if anybody knows England, I'm I'm right on the coast, uh, on the ocean, I'm in Lytham St. Anne's, Um, and uh, the church I lead is called Crossgate Church, it's about 30 minutes away in the city of Preston, 
Um, so uh, if you've ever watched Wallace and Gromit, yeah, that's that's where they're from, Preston. That's awesome. So, wow. Yeah. And Crazy. they really do talk like that. The people really? do talk. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Somebody did their uh, their uh, education on how how people talk just to get a get the movie right. I guess when uh, they uh, or the show it was a show for a while, right? And then it turned to Wallace and Gromit. So yeah, yeah. So so um, so are you you're leading the church now, or are you just helping yes. out, or is it, yeah? No, I'm the senior pastor there at Crossgate awesome. Church. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's fantastic. So this is so you um so this move you're deciding to step down um your time there you help this church be to where it is and it was time to move how does that like affect um you know are you still connected with them in some sort of way or is it like you are how does it affect you and as you're moving on to your next church so it's a big move because uh being being a pastor or a church leader is kind of different than any other job mm-hmm. in that um, in that with most people, most Christians, they've got their job that they go to, they might or their business that they run, they might love it, they might get a lot out of it, they might see it as their main purpose in life, or they might not, but they have that. Um, they also have their group of friends, some of whom may also be in the church and some might not. Some might be from their place of work and some might not. And then they've got their church that they go to. But right. when you're when you're a pastor or you're on church staff, all three of those things are connected. Right. Yeah. Your church is the, your place of work and your friends from work are also in your church and your friends from church are also in the place you work. And right. so it is like it is a big upheaval pulling that apart, you know. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, you know, through things like social media, online ministry, and so on, um, I still, you know, there's still people from my old church who are kind of like my followers online right. or who read my books or who connect with me that way. I I spent one of one of the deals when I left Gateway was for the for a year. I would be available to the new leader um, as to continue coaching him and things like that through that transition period. So that's so great. That, yeah. 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 And transition is never, never easy. Um, there, there are better ways to do transition than others. And, uh, but that's, that's awesome. Um, so are you, are you currently working on like anything right now? Like what is, what's your main, thing that you that God's like doing in your life right now when it comes to like he's opening your eyes to um not to like talk about your yeah. guys wide open but yeah 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 so well obviously because I'm just in my first year here at Crossgate I, I had to right. get very focused for a while I had to get to know the church the history of the church yeah spend time with God get a vision for the future um create a plan to fulfill that vision, you know, cast the vision to the people. Oh, so there's a lot of that. That's taken up most of my time. But recently, over the last two or three months, I've been able to focus on something else that I've really wanted to do. And that is, um, you you will know this from 
from involvement that we had before. But like I used to, when I was in Canada, I used to do consulting work with other right. churches. So, uh, so like a church might bring me in, maybe they're not growing, they might be in decline, or maybe they their leader is going to leave and they don't know how to do a transition and they've not got someone else or they don't know how to build up a leadership team um, or whatever. And so I would come in as a consultant, consultant, the, the biblical word is apostolic ministry. Right, right, right yeah. yeah. So because, you know, people people use the word apostle a lot. and, and they, But one of the things that an apostle does is Paul says, when he's talking about his apostolic ministry, he said, he was a wise master builder of churches, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. A seasoned builder of churches, and uh, and also another thing that that he did, of course, is he helped choose leaders and set leaders in place in churches. And so right. you could probably say consulting like that is like apostolic ministry. And so um, I did that a lot, and. Sometimes I would do that outside of North America. Mm -hmm. uh, I did consulting work in some Scandinavian countries and things like that. But actually, it was mainly in the United States and Canada. Really? First of all, I wasn't too far away. A short plane ride would get me anywhere. Okay. But also, North American churches, American and Canadian churches, are much more... Uh, aware of the need to bring in outside help, coaches, mentors, mm. consultants. It's not a thing here in the UK at all. If you go to the average church and you, if you ask to see their budget, they have nothing in the budget wow. for bringing in a consultant or something like that. It's, it's not even a concept here. So I knew, first of all, I knew that that was not going to be a big thing in my move to the UK. And most of the people that do want my input are probably in the United States and Canada. And so what I've been doing is all the stuff that I normally do with uh, congregations, if they bring me in for, say, like a three-month period or something like that, right. I have been creating an, a video course. Um, and so I've been creating this video course. I'm calling it the Nehemiah course. It's not actually based on the book of Nehemiah, but just <laughs> Nehemiah was rebuilding. Yeah. And it's a course to help pastors and church leaders rebuild their church and take their church from where it currently is, both numerically, budget-wise, staffing, um, uh, growth, yeah. uh, uh, setting growth goals to reach the community and to grow your church and so on, to take it from where they are currently to where they would like to be in a three-year period and how wow. to create a three-year plan, how to how to get the vision, first of all, and then how to create a three-year plan, the various things you need to do in year one, year two, year three. And so I've been creating this online course and it's not live yet, but probably within a few weeks' time, um, it will be live on martintrench.com. So so uh, pastors and church leaders will begin to, will be able to connect with me there. The other thing I've been doing is I've been doing a similar thing with my books. I'm creating some online courses uh, so that people that have read my book, um, I don't know about you, but sometimes I read a book and it's like, 
I wish the author was here because I've got six questions I want to ask him. Yes. And so it would be good to create an online course where there are videos of me teaching through the book. You can also read the book and then you can in, people can interact with me. Uh, so they're going through the book with the author almost, you yeah. know. So th those are the two things. And they'll, it, I'm ho hopefully that this is this is June. This is like the middle of June, like in July sometime that all that should be live. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. You see even saying like the, you know, you're reading a book and you wish you had so many questions for the author. Like I just experienced that. I, I um, had a interview uh, a couple of weeks ago with a man named um, uh, Strong Coleman. I don't know if you ever heard that name. He's a singer songwriter. He wrote a book called Beholding. And we, I asked if he'd be on here and we, I was asking about all these questions, like off, off camera and everything about his book and just how to pronounce certain things in it. He's from New Zealand. So he had some like words in there that I didn't know. And like, it was just so helpful to, to even grow deeper into like what, what I was reading and how it was impacting me. So that's awesome that you're providing that. So that's, that's my latest, that's my latest projects. And then, and then now that I've actually settled in to a house because I was when we moved here, I was in rented accommodation for a while. We were waiting on this house being built and so on. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, and once I've got all this stuff up and running, I'm going to be, get, be able to start thinking about writing again because it is like it's like two or three years since I brought out the last book. And right, there's other stuff in here that I want to yeah. get out. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to add to like if you kind of dabbled or it's in your brain or whatever. Um, because yeah, you definitely have a lot to say and a lot of good um stuff from what i've heard and um you know uh, even just in your consulting and stuff i remember when you came to our church um we were all sitting in that meeting and you were saying things i'm like yes finally somebody's just like saying this stuff and uh it was it was really helpful and great for the for the church and so uh, i definitely want to keep reading what you have and uh, i know others will as well but um i read secrets spiritual growth uh you dropped that off at our church yeah right there um uh, i bought it read it i think it's one of the best books on the topic because that i've read um because it hits things that we don't even think of you know as soon as somebody comes to know the lord it's like we want to throw all this like massive deep theology their way and be like, you just need to know this. And this is what you need to think about your end times theology and all this. And I love you. You open up with stories, um, not easy stories to read necessarily, but about giving a, an infant like salt or something that they can't handle yet. And it ends up, you know, killing the infant. And in the same way, you know, you talk about that in your book and that's, a, that's our spiritual growth. You give them something too heavy they can handle it. It can almost damage them to the point of death in their Christian walk in life. And so um, I want to talk a little bit more about that and people seeking to grow spiritually, either they're trying to mature fast or slow or whatever that is. Um, how how yeah. can you speak into that? So I was so guilty of that as a young Christian. So when I was a young Christian, um, I was... I was spiritually hungry. I wanted to know everything. Yeah, I, think I, I probably had, I probably had an addictive personality because before <laughs> I came to Christ, 
it was like um, I was addicted to a whole bunch of other stuff, you know? Right. Like, uh, oh, never tried that drug before. Let's, you know, let's try that. In fact, let's take as much as we possibly can, you know, kind of thing. So I did have that kind of personality, was converted, came to Christ, um, and I wanted everything. I wanted everything. I wanted to understand everything. And I was full of questions and, and, um, uh, and I consumed, I went to Christian bookshops and I bought books and I can read loads of them. Some of them I just did not understand at all. And looking back, I'm actually glad I didn't understand some of those books because they would have put something wrong in me, you know. I would now know, yeah, keep away from that author, but I didn't <laughs> know anything back then. And uh, and so when I, when I became a pastor, when I was a young pastor for a number, quite a number of years as a pastor, I also approached the Christian faith like that. So like when people became Christians, it was like, we need to let you know as much as possible, as quickly as mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the reason for that is, I think it's born out of fear. I think we're scared that people will, hear false doctrine or something and be led astray. So we must get all the true doctrine in them as quickly as possible. But like the yeah. illustration you used, you know, little children, um, yeah, I tell two stories in it of parents who, in ignorance, poisoned their own children to death by giving yeah. them food. And they thought they were... You know, and one of them, they were feeding their little, their kid, their little kid was crying. True story. Their little kid was crying all the time. And they were, the, the infant formula didn't seem to be satisfying. So they thought they would feed the little kid ground beef. Mm -hmm. They cooked ground beef and, and they fed it ground beef and the child died of salt poisoning. Yeah. And they thought they were feeding the child, but they were poisoning the child. Right. And, you know, I think we can do that spiritually because, I mean, let's face it, when you come to Christ, the Bible calls you a, new, a babe in Christ. Right. You're born again. You're a baby. Right. Yeah. And um, as newborn in infants desire the milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And we're trying to feed people the meat of the word, you know? And so, so like, I, I came to a number of conclusions over many years of being a pastor. And I think being a pastor gives you a different perspective because when you're just a Christian in the church, you're aware of your own growth and your own desire to grow, or maybe you're, you're not growing or you want to grow more or whatever it may be. But when you're a pastor, you're not only aware of your own growth, you're watching what's happening to other people. Right. And you're seeing good things happening and not so good things happening and some real bad things happening. And so two, two kind of errors I had as a young Christian was, number one, I thought I needed to get all the knowledge as soon as mm -hmm. possible. And once you've got it, you now guard it. Yeah. It's like, I've been taught the truth. I can't cheat. I can't, I cannot open my mind to anything else. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. I must defend my position as if our finite human minds could possibly explain in human words 
everything to do with God. Right, right. right. So, and the the second thing was, because I was saved into like a charismatic environment and I did have, you know, and continue to be open to the prophetic, to signs and wonders, um, even leading up to my conversion, like even as a non-Christian, I had supernatural experiences and dreams and things which helped lead me to Christ. Yeah. Also thought that spiritual experiences and the mystical side of the faith were would produce growth. Right. Yeah. But then as a pastor, I noticed there was lots of people that are as mystical as they come, and they're always having experiences with the Holy Spirit, and yet they're not growing. They're right. Their their whole faith and life can be a mess, right? And so, um, you know, lots of passages in the Bible about spiritual growth, uh, and lots of passages in the Bible about uh, you know God, you know, we're babes in Christ, or um, we we are to grow, become mature sons in the faith. Yeah, the passages like that. And there's also passages about the our spiritual diet. Mm-hmm. The I mentioned the milk of the word. Yeah, you know that's mentioned a few times in the Bible. And then there's the meat of the word. Yeah, um, the Bible talks about, but it also talks about bread. Man shall not live on bread, bread. alone, but yeah. on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Or Jesus, I am the bread of life. Mm-hmm. Right now. When I first started reading all these kind of things and trying to piece them together, um, I, I I thought, well, milk's probably the weakest and bread's probably the next weakest and well, then meat's yeah. the strongest. But as uh, actually, it goes milk, meat, and then bread. Interesting. That's the way it goes. And if you think of uh, who is it that needs the meat, who needs meat more than anyone else? It's a young, growing youth. You yeah. know what I mean? And so uh, all of this came together for me. All of these passages of scripture about spiritual growth, maturing in Christ, your spiritual diet, all of it came together for me one day when I'm reading the first letter of John, First John chapter mm-hmm. 2. And... I'd read it before. I've heard it quoted before. You will know Mm -hmm. it well. Your listeners will know it well. But I had, and and maybe I've just been living under a rock. I don't know. But (laughs) I've never heard anybody teach on this passage systematically. Right. And I read So that's why I called the book Secrets of Spiritual Growth. There's no secret. But it's, you know, it's all there in black and white. But it's like it's a secret to people. It's like, and to me, it was like discovering this secret. I, I want to read it to you. It's it's First John chapter two, verses twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. Right? Mm-hmm. He says, "I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for His name's sake. Obviously, Jesus' name. Okay." I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. The New Living Translation says, your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. Okay. Then he says, 
I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. So I thought, okay, we've got little children, we've got fathers, we've got young men. And then almost like John's trying to like emphasize a point, he then repeats it again in right. the next verse. He repeats it, but tweaks it a little bit, the wording. He then says, I write to you children because you know the father. Hmm. I write to you children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus and you know the father. Right. Okay. Then he says, I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. Doesn't change anything there. Just repeats right. it word for word. Then he says, I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you mm. and you have overcome the evil one. So you put that all together. We've got little children. We've got young men. We've got fathers. Let's call them spiritual children, spiritual youth, spiritual parents. Yeah. He writes to each of these three categories and gives a different purpose. He doesn't say it's the same message for everybody. Right. I've got a message for the spiritual children. I've got a message for the spiritual youth. I've got a message for the spiritual parents. Right. And his message for the spiritual children is, your sins have been forgiven through Jesus and you have come to know the Father. Now, isn't that what spiritual children need to hear? I mean, do they need to hear the four different views of the book of Revelation? No. I mean, do they need to hear uh, a debate on whether tithing is old covenant or new covenant? Right. Um, you know. No, they need to know there's two things. When someone comes to faith in Christ, there's two things they really, really need to know. And by no, I don't just mean head knowledge. I mean, it needs to become a reality to them. And once it's become a reality to them, then they can go on and grow. Right. And there's no, there's no rush. You might be a spiritual child for six months or six years. There's no yeah. rush. Absolutely. It's what it is. You, you've got it when you've got it. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and so and actually, the chances are it will be six years more than rather than six <laughs> yeah. months. Right? It's true. So, um, what do they need to know when, when someone comes to faith in Christ? They need to know, I need to know that my sins are forgiven. How many Christians do you know? They've been Christians for 30 years. They could debate with you on theology. And they still doubt their salvation. Yeah. They still think they're going to Many. lose their salvation. They're worried about dying and seeing God. Yeah. Many. Many people. Okay. The, I need to know that my sins are forgiven totally, completely, fully, 100% forgiven through Jesus. Not through me. Not through yeah. how good I am. How well I'm performing. Right. And I need to come to know the Father. I need to know who God really is. How many Christians do you know that have been Christians for a long time 
and have a warped view of who God is, you know? Almost everybody. Like, yeah. Almost, I, yeah. I need to know he is a loving father. He's like the father of the prodigal son. No matter how far I wander away, he will let me make wrong choices. Mm-hmm. He's not a control freak that's going to manipulate me like a puppet. He will let me make wrong choices if I'm intending on doing that, but he will be there to welcome me back, to clean me up, and to bring yeah. me back into his house, right? So right. Uh, you, you are never secure in your faith until you know for sure that your sins are totally and completely forgiven through Jesus mm-hmm. and that God has become your father, a father you can you can rely on, a father you can trust. I, I mentioned this in the book. I was flicking through a Christian TV station one day and a preacher came on, a preacher that I like, mm-hmm. a well-known one whose name I will not mention, right? A preacher that I like, he's a bit of a he's a bit of an intense guy though. All of his messages are really intense. Mm-hmm. But um, he's preaching, and I thought, oh, I'll watch a little bit of this. And I watched it, and he was preaching about sin mm-hmm. and about how, how we need to get the sin out of our life. And okay, good and well. And then he, he made this statement, preacher, thousands of people in his church. Right. Hundreds of thousands watching him on TV. He said, you might not like this message, but I have to preach it to you. Because if I don't preach this today, I could go to hell myself. Interesting. Oh, buddy. (laughs) You don't even know for sure that you're going to heaven. Wow. And you're, you're influencing thousands upon thousands of people. You think that if you mess this, you believe that God has put this sermon on your heart and that you feel compelled to preach it. Okay, I get that. I have felt that God's put messages on my heart. I feel God's put this message on my heart. Right, right? yeah. And I feel compelled to teach it, right? But see, if I don't, I will give an account one day to the Lord, but I will not go to hell. I don't go to heaven or hell based on how well I presented a message or whether I preached a sermon or not. My sins are forgiven because of Jesus. Right, yeah. And I've not come to know the great ogre in the sky. I've come to know the Father. Right. And so that is the milk of the word. I mean, we could say that's the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So... I think when people come to faith in Christ, that's what they need to know. And they need to be grounded in that before they ever go on and start feasting on other things, right? Then we go to the next stage, spiritual youth. He says, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Now, that, that must mean in your life you have overcome the evil one. We're not being asked mm-hmm. to overcome Satan. Jesus has already overcome Satan through his death right. and resurrection, right? Right. I want to make that clear because, again, misunderstanding that, you've got a lot of Christians who think our job is to fight the devil, to bind mm-hmm. principalities and powers, to pray against the demonic strongholds in our city and all of that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, you're not the savior, okay? Right. 
Yeah. Now, our job is to overcome the work of the evil one in our life. Do not give place to the devil. Yeah. Right? Draw yeah. near to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Um, you know, Jesus once said, the evil one, before he is betrayal and arrest, he said, the evil one comes, but he has nothing in me. Wow. Right? Unfortunately, the evil one can have a lot of things in us. Yeah. Right? So, um, uh, and our job is to, so, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Any strongholds that are still in your life, right? And then he repeats it. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. How are you strong? And the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one, right? So just like there was two things that were needed in the spiritual youth, uh, spiritual childhood stage, knowing that your sins are totally forgiven through Jesus and that you've mm -hmm. come to know the Father. Two things here, uh, we could word it this way. It's important to become strong in the word of God. Yeah. And it's important to deal with all of the unresolved issues in your life that the enemy could exploit if you don't deal with them. Right? Wow. Yeah. So um, this is the meat of the word. Right? Yeah. This is when we get to the meat. This is like, oh, I want to be, I want to be strong in the word. You know, it's like, I want to be strong physically. I'm going to go to the gym, but I need to eat a lot of protein. Right? Okay. Absolutely. So um, so it, this is the protein. This is the meat of the word. This is like the, the, the rare steaks you're eating. And at this point, you're really, this is when you're wrestling with scripture. You've got a hunger for to understand. Oh, now I want to understand. Somebody told me about the rapture and somebody else told me there's no rapture. And somebody told me tithing's old covenant. And somebody else told me, no, Christians should tithe. And, 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 um, you know, why did God send a flood and drown everybody? Does that make, make God mean? And and uh, I thought God was kind. And you've got all of these questions and you're trying to wrestle with them and you're trying to put everything together. You're trying to build a cohesive worldview around your faith. And you're becoming strong in scripture. And um, And as you become strong in scripture, Things begin to come together. And it's it's almost a checking off process. It's, um, so, uh, so, for instance, a lot of people know me from Victorious Eschatology. Right. And so because of that, if I get asked to, I'm glad you didn't do this, but if <laughs> I get asked to do podcasts, oh, we want you to talk about Victorious Eschatology. It's like, well, okay. I got bored talking about Victoria's eschatology. Sure. Ago, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, I never actually intended that to become a main thing for me. Um, I was unhappy with my current understanding of the end times and the kind of popular view in the evangelical and charismatic world. And I, I, I did, I spent a couple of years just, I knew there was other views. I had a degree in theology. We had looked at various views. And so I decided to really do an in-depth study of it. I was hungry for the truth. And I came to some conclusions 
about what I believe the Bible teaches regarding eschatology. And it liberated me. And I was able to say, okay, I've checked that off now. So next time a video comes up on TikTok that says such and such a thing as the mark of the beast, I, I won't even have to think about it because right. I actually I know what the mark of the beast was, so I can dismiss that, right? right. It's objecting it off. And then because I was a pastor, I then taught it to my church right? Um, because I thought it would help people in the church as well and that they could then check that off of their list. Okay, I now know what I think about that. And and it snowballed, and eventually Har- Harold was on the same journey as me. We knew each other, so he was like, "Let's write a book together," you know. And so, and that was how it all came about. But um, so a lot of these things are like, you then become satisfied. Okay, I'm now satisfied that I've come to a conclusion about this issue or a conclusion about that issue. And what that does is it makes your faith stronger. You become strong in the word of God. Also, you become aware as you're becoming strong in the word of God and you're seeing what God has called you to, you become aware that you're not living up to it very well. Yep. Now, hopefully, you're not stressing over your salvation because you've been through the first stage and you know that you are secure in the Father's arms. You're eternally loved. Your sins are forgiven, but you want to please your father, you know, and you know you're not living up to it. And then you're trying you're trying to deal with something and you're failing and then you're realizing I've got unresolved issues in my life. The evil one comes and he's got four two things in me. Yeah, I want to be like Jesus where he's got nothing in me. And so you begin to deal with the unresolved areas in your life. And you overcome the evil one. Now, that in most of the evangelical world, and by evangelical, I'm including Pentecostal, charismatic, okay, reformed, all of that. In, In that world, most of that world, that's where we want people to stop. We think that's the pinnacle of growth. And you should spend the rest of your life you know, wrestling with these issues and defending your beliefs and debating people and and all of that kind of stuff and fighting the enemy. You're right, okay. But that's only stage two. There's a third stage. There's a problem if we get stuck at each stage, which I'll come to in a moment, but there's a third stage, spiritual parents. And it's very simple. I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. And the same thing is repeated. Now, in the Bible, the word know means more than just know about. Right. Okay. Um, so I, I, I know about Australia. I've never been to Australia. I have no experiential knowledge of Australia. Right. I know about it. I've read about it. I've watched documentaries on it. But I've never actually been, so I can't really say I know it in the biblical sense. In the biblical sense, when a man knows his wife, she becomes right. pregnant. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't just know about her, right? 
And so, and then it says, I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. Again, in, in the Greek and also in the Aramaic, um, John would have been primarily an Aramaic speaker. Yeah. He may have written this in Aramaic first and it might have been translated into Greek or he may have written it in Greek, but he was principally. And in both languages, this idea of, you know, him who's from the beginning, we could translate it this way. I write to you fathers because you have a deep experiential knowledge of the eternal God and his plan. Wow. You have a deep experiential knowledge of the eternal God and his plan. And so there comes a stage where you're not bothered by a lot, you know, when you get to the spiritual youth stage, you shouldn't, if you've done this properly, you shouldn't be bothered about, oh, could I lose my salvation? Am I going to make it into heaven? Uh, oh, I've sinned again. Does God really love me? Maybe he's angry at me today. I felt, I, It felt like he loved me yesterday, but it doesn't feel like it. Hopefully you've dealt with all that because you know for sure your sins are forgiven by Jesus and you've come to know the Father. And you've gone on. And now, hopefully, you know for sure that all of these unanswered questions that you've got or had have been resolved. Again, not that we can know everything about God with our finite mind, but at least in a way that you have a cohesive worldview and your faith is now stable and it won't be shaken by some atheist on Instagram or or somebody with some weird theology or whatever. You're not going to be shaken now. You've got a strong faith. And you've also got a strong personal life. You've been working through your unresolved issues. And there comes a point where it's like, yeah, check, 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 check. I'm good with all of that. You, you, know, you know what's important to me now? Just knowing God more. I know about him. I know his word thoroughly. I'm secure in him. My faith is secure. It's strong. I've worked through most of my internal issues will we'll, we'll always be a work in progress but you know I feel like sanctification is kind of like something I'm, uh, I'm doing well in but now my desire is to really just know God to know him in a daily way to be secure in the fact that in the long he's the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end his plan will work out um I, I can't really mess it up. Uh, whatever's going on with the in in the world, whatever's going on with COVID lockdowns and the World Economic Forum and trans ideology, oh, God's plan is on track. His kingdom yeah. is advancing. Things will work out at the end. The kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ. God will dwell with us forever. I, you know, it's, it's like, I just want a deeper walk with the Lord. And that's the bread of the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. At that point, it is the proceeding word of God. It is what God is saying to me and doing in my life today that is enabling me to grow deeper and deeper in my relationship with him. Wow. Now, at all three of those stages, you need to know your sins are forgiven and the Father loves you. In all three of those stages, 
you've, you'll have things to deal with in your life and you'll be learning new things from scripture. In yeah. all three of those stages, you want to have a personal relationship with God. But there's an emphasis at each of them. Now, here's the problem. If you do the first stage, the spiritual childhood stage, and you stop growing then, the trials of life will come your way and you'll be knocked to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Yeah. Because all you know is that your sins are forgiven and the Father loves you. Right. Your head will be in a spin. You won't know what you think of anything else. And you won't really be growing in your faith. You'll be like, it's like if if your baby stays a baby forever, there's something not right. You go to the doctor and say, this baby's not growing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, and this I said most of the evangelical world want us to stop at the spiritual youth stage. It's like, uh, you know, we need to become strong in the word. We need to, yeah, I've been becoming strong in the word for 25 years. Is there another stage after that? You know? Right. And if, but nobody, and I think the reason I think that might be the case is a large percentage of pastors are at the spiritual youth stage. Yeah. And you cannot lead someone where you've not been. Wow. For a lot of my ministry, I was at the spiritual youth stage. So I was throwing out the meat of the word to everybody. Yeah. Right. And um, there comes a point where you realize that you, I've got a wide group of people and I need to feed all of them, you know. And... Uh, so one of if you stay at the spiritual youth stage for too long, one of two things happen. One thing that happens is you can become quite legalistic, right? You become legalistic. You become doctrinally dogmatic. Um, you because even if I'm explaining a doctrine a certain way, and even if what I'm saying is accurate. God is so deep. God is so wide. God's truth is so rich that there are there are other facets to that doctrine as well. You know, I've had people say to me, which atonement theory do you believe? Is it penal substitution? Is it Christus Victor? Is, is it uh, um, this view? Is it that view? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> yeah which one? I think that I can find them all in scripture. Yeah. Right? I, right. I think it's multifaceted. For sure. Right. And um, and so, uh, but that I didn't come to that until I got to the spiritual parenthood stage. And I saw things are so much deeper, they're so much richer than, than I thought before. Um, and so uh you can become legalistic and doctrinally dogmatic if you stay there too too long. You can become a flipping nuisance to everybody. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the other thing is you can burn out yep. on all of that and say, I'm deconstructing my faith. And a lot of the people who deconstruct their faith, eventually they've got no faith left whatsoever. Yep. They start by trying to get rid of the tox, what they're seeing as the toxic parts of their faith, mm -hmm. the legalism, the judgmentalism. I, 
being overly literal. People who stay too long at the youth stage become literalists. Yeah. And so, um, like, even something that's like a vision in the book of Revelation, and it's obviously symbolic language, you know, they'll take it absolutely literally, you know. No, yeah. this pit is going to be opened and and big mosquitoes are going to come out. <laughs> You're being overly literal there. Well, I take every word in the Bible literally, you know. So when Jesus said, I am the vine, but he turned into a bunch of grapes, did he? Right. <laughs> it was a metaphor, right? So, so, uh, but you can become overly literal, you can become legalistic, you can become dogmatic, or you can burn out with that and deconstruct your faith and like fall away from the church. Yeah. Altogether. Or it's happening a lot. Yeah. Right now. But I think if people saw, oh, I'm feeling like that, it's growing pains. Yeah. And I'm leaving this stage of my, but that doesn't mean I need to leave the faith. Right. I just need to leave the spiritual youth phase and now go on to the spiritual parenthood phase where the emphasis is more on a, on a growing personal, intimate relationship with God. Wow. And, and being at peace in the fact that his plan will all work out. And yeah, that might be true, and that might be true, and that might be true, but that doesn't mean that that, that and that is wrong. They could be seeing the same truth from a different perspective and, and so on. So that is my take on the whole spiritual growth thing. I love it. And yeah, like I said before, I think it's like, one of the best, you know, talks, books on the subject of spiritual growth. And because so, so many people, you know, want to, you know, they'll get saved and they might be one extreme in the world. And all of a sudden it's like they're saved and they, it's like, they need to know everything like you're saying. And, um, and, you know, or they're, or they're, I think they're, they're comparing themselves to other people. Like I want to be where that person is. So I need to get all that. And it's like, you don't even realize that Jesus died on the cross for you yet. Like, and you want to know, you want to be up there speaking about like revelation or like, you know, the atonement or, or if you believe uh, the Genesis account was, but uh, was metaphor or whatever that like you want to, and you don't even realize your salvation yet. And, uh, and that, that happens a lot, I think. And, yeah. and I think, I think even now more so we see it a lot in this um, social media culture of influencers, um, you know, and it's gone into the church where there's now church influencers trying to like say, you know, and now everybody's like, Oh, I have a take on this and I'll give you my 30 second take on something. And it's going to give me this many likes. And, but it's like, you, you know, that person doesn't even realize they're still drinking the milk and they need to, you know, go with the process of spiritual growth. Yeah. And I think once um once you get this chapter, chapter two, first John chapter two, and just those three verses, and you see these three stages, all of the other passages in the Bible about the milk, the meat, the bread, uh, new babes in Christ, becoming mature sons in the faith, all all of that now falls into place. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it's a it's a sigh of relief yes you know where you can just be content where you're at now yeah. and um you know i know 
there's plenty of people like, you know, I'll never know what you need to do, you know, like what you have and knowledge. I'm like, well, one, I went to school for a lot of, you know, my, I have a degree in theology. Yeah. Like, unless you want to like actually like dive deep and go into that and stuff, like just stay where you are, fall in love with Jesus, realize who, you know, he is in your life. And then this stuff will come. And a lot of it's not even necessarily necessary to your, your, it's not necessary at all to your salvation. It's just a lot of times just fun. And like you said, the wrestling and getting it all aligned. And then to a point where it's like, why even debate this? Let's just grow deeper and deeper in that relationship. So awesome. Exactly. And enjoy, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Yeah. And I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this journey. I'm out of time with you now Josiah but I have really enjoyed this journey it's been great to connect with you again and hey if you want me back on to talk about something else I'm happy to do that anytime so let me know yeah and just remind uh, your listeners that pretty soon if they go on martintrench.com they could they can investigate this subject a little bit more if they want you know Awesome. Yeah. And I encourage everybody to get this book, especially if you're a leader in the church listening, get secrets to spiritual growth. Um, it will impact how you lead your congregation, your people in your life. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for taking this time. And uh, um, I'm sure people are going to really enjoy this and are going to get that book. Thanks bro. So, Good thank you so you. much. Good seeing okay. you. Bye. There you are, guys, an interview with Martin Trench. I hope you really enjoyed that episode uh, as much as I did. Again, if you are a church leader, get that book, Secrets of a Spiritual of Spiritual Growth, martintrench.com. Um, tons of things coming out, it sounds like, in the next couple of weeks in July, uh, and you're not going to want to miss that. So get on that. Uh, if you would, do me a favor, review this episode, review the podcast, Go and follow, uh, subscribe, share with your friends. It really helps out. And tune in next week for our season finale of Your Authentic Life with special guests that I won't give away. Just check it out on the Instagram. Okay, bye now.